have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 16 and uh, verse number 18. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. So good to see each and every one of you in the house of the Lord tonight. Um, there's no place like the palace of praise. It's a good place to be if you don't know where else to go. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. It says, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. One more time reading verse number 19. And I will give unto thee the keys, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We have power. We have power. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. We have power. So for the next little bit, my title tonight is, It's Time for a Jailbreak. It's time for a jailbreak. If you'll put your Bibles down and pray with me that God would anoint the word and that he would open up our hearts to receive it. Jesus, we come to you right now. God, we're thankful for your presence that we've already felt in this place. We're thankful for what you're doing, God, at the Palace of Praise. Thank you for showing up, God. Thank you for manifesting your glory in this place, what you've already done, God. We're already expecting you to do something miraculous here tonight. So we've come with anticipation that you're going to move that your divine will is going to be fulfilled in this house tonight. Lord, we bind every spirit that's contrary to your purpose in the name of Jesus Christ. I wonder if we could just clap our hands right now. Can we lift our voice? Can we shout unto God? We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. You're a mighty God, and there's none like you. We worship you, Jesus. You can be seated. There are many stories that I could tell you of coming from a big family. Many experiences that uh, would make you fall on the floor laughing. But there's also some instances that were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty horrific. One time, it seems like me and Devin, it seems like as, a, as kids we were just always doing something. I was either hitting him with a hammer or he was shaking a tree to make me fall down. But... He, uh, me and him decided that we were going to go into one of my many, of my dad's sheds. And we were going to go out there, and I, I don't know how old we were, but we were just little kids. And so I think we, we thought, oh, there might be this toy truck in there with some army guys, G.I. Joe's. So we were going to go and check out this shed that had this secret, these secret things inside of them. So we went and we get scavenging around in the, in the shed, and we were looking for this, these toys. And it was a summer day, really, really hot. And I remember the, the latchet on the door shut right behind us. And we didn't know. We are just kids playing around. And uh, then we realized it. We were like, okay, the door shut. So what are we going to do? 
and um, we were in there, we were li- raising our voices, you know, help us, help us, you know, we were out there sweating, it seemed like it was for hours, but, you know, it could only have been 30 minutes, but we were out there for a while, we were sweating, just kids, we didn't know what to do. Now, if I remind, remember the story correctly, um, it was one of my brothers or sisters or my parents walked out there and just lifted up the latchet, and we were, we were free, we were set free. So I'm talking tonight, it's time for a jailbreak. In Exodus chapter 5, Moses was commissioned by God to give Pharaoh a four-word message. Now if you can imagine with me, here's, here's Moses on the back side of a desert. He's back there and he's, he's run away from, from Egypt because he killed an Egyptian. And he's afraid, he's fearful. And all of, a, all of a sudden, this burning bush shows up and speaks to Moses one day. And it says, you know that place that you killed somebody at? I want you to go back, and I want you to deliver a message to Pharaoh. I want you to go back to the place that you left because you did something that was really bad. And I want you to go back and give Pharaoh a four-word message. Now, if you can imagine, here's Moses. He has sheep dung between his toes. He has a magic stick, and he stutters. And he comes walking into the palace of Pharaoh, and he doesn't look like much. I mean, if we looked at him today, we'd say, man, that guy looks like he's been homeless for quite too many days. But here comes Moses, because he had a word from God. So he comes walking into the palace, and he has his interpreter, because he can't even say anything without stumbling. So here's Moses in front of this great monarch, this, this, this Egyptian empire was huge. It was massive. It was one of the greatest known empires of that day. And here is Moses with his magic stick, the sheep dung that smelled all throughout that palace. And he had a word from God, Pharaoh. So he opened up his mouth and he said, let my people go. He said, let my people go. He didn't have a great praise team. He didn't have the greatest musician. He didn't have Shara McKee or even better, my mom singing behind him. But he just had a four-word message. Let my people go. I believe we as the church have come to the gates of hell. And with the same message, we stand and say, let The backsliders go. I know it's early in the message, but I wish somebody would get this in their spirit. You would stand in the face of hell and say, let the backsliders go. They've been bound way too long. It is not by accident that before there was ever one person set free, Before there was one child released from the grip of Pharaoh, before one chain had been loosed, there was a fight in the palace. The fight consisted of Moses and Pharaoh. What Moses had in his hand versus what Pharaoh had. God said, when you get to the palace, I want you to throw down the stick and it's going to turn into a snake. And then all of a sudden, when this happens, Pharaoh says, oh, we can do the same thing. You know, nothing is ever going to be accomplished without some resistance from the enemy. 
There's always going to be enemy that raises up his head and says, you aren't going to do this. You aren't going to conquer this territory. This soul has already been claimed by me, but I come by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. And it's time at the palace of praise for a jailbreak. We've had chains be broken in this house, but I believe there's still some backsliders out there that are going to hear about the power of our God, about the miracles of our God, and there's going to be a divine jail break in the palace of praise. If you believe it, can you clap your hands and declare it with your own voice? Moses threw down the rod that was in his hand, and it became a snake. Pharaoh told his magicians to throw down their rods, and they became snakes. There was a battle between Moses and Pharaoh before anything happened. It is no wonder that our pastor has been battling in his body the last couple of weeks. I know, I know if he was to hear this tape, he's probably not going to be real thrilled about what I'm going to say next. In the middle of our services, reaching a new dimension that we have all felt. When you can feel revival in the air. When you can taste the victory that is so obviously upon us. The devil knows we are about to have a mind-blowing, devil-stomping, revival-type jailbreak at the Palace of Praise. And I say, God, let it be here. Let it be now. Let it be at the Palace of Praise. I'm ready for a jailbreak at the Palace of Praise. God, we want souls to fill this house. We want souls to come in and fill these pews. We want a divine jailbreak. God sent a total of ten plagues upon the magicians or Egyptians. The children of Israel were in bondage for 400 years. 400 years. They never saw a miracle. They never witnessed any signs or wonders. They were stuck in bondage by the enemy. Then God decides one day to show up. No matter how powerful Pharaoh was, he couldn't stop the miraculous. No matter the army or the soldiers he had, he couldn't prevent the signs and wonders from happening. It doesn't matter if all hell is fighting back at us. God is going to show up and demonstrate his power among us. He's going to do it. There was approximately half a million Israelites who were in slavery in Egypt. They had seemingly been locked up with all hope gone. They had been oppressed and depressed. They had been bruised and they had been abused. They had known slavery for 400 years. There was no hope for this people of God. But then one day God sends a man with a message. And within a short period of time, God demonstrated the greatest jailbreak ever recorded in history. It doesn't matter how long they've been gone from church. When God shows up, just clear the way because there's a jailbreak about to happen. 
It doesn't matter if they've been gone for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. It's time for a jailbreak at the Palace of Praise. You may say, my sons and my daughters have been gone for months. They've been backslid ever since I can remember. But I've come to tell you and prophesy to you that we're about to experience a jailbreak. In Acts chapter 28, Paul and Silas were in a prison in Philippi. Now, I'm, I know I'm, reading, I'm doing a, reading over a lot of things that you guys already know, but I just feel in the spirit to go this direction. But in Acts chapter 28, Paul and Silas are in this prison. They've been locked up because somebody got healed. Like I said before, nothing's going to be accomplished without some resistance from the enemy. So all of a sudden, this woman who was, was possessed by a devil made these gentlemen a lot of money. All of a sudden, Paul and Silas come along and heal her body, used by God to heal her body. They're thrown in prison. And in this prison house, there's other prisoners there. It's not just them. Other people are locked up in this prison. And all of a sudden, Paul and Silas, the Bible says there were shackles put around their legs. So they can't give the Lord a little boogaloo. They couldn't dance. They couldn't, they couldn't do what we do on Sunday evenings. I mean, they, they were limited in their praise. But the enemy forgot one thing to shut up, and that was their mouth. There's power in your voice. You can speak things into existence. You can begin to speak miracles into the atmosphere. You can begin to prophesy to the wind as Ezekiel did, and things begin to take form. And all of a sudden, Paul and Silas, now Silas was an elder of the church. The Bible gives um, some information about Silas. He was called a chief saint. He was an elder of the church. And so when I'm looking at this story of Paul and Silas, I see Silas bound up. He's an older gentleman. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's probably singing, uh, once like a bird in prison I dwell. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and he spoke to me. Glory to God, he set me free. Then when I think about Paul, he's a younger man, so he's bound up in his shackles, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, he's probably singing, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up there's an army rising up to break every chain, break every chain. So when I'm looking at this story, I'm thinking of an, of an older generation combined with a younger generation. I'm thinking of an older people combined with the younger people. I'm thinking of some unity going on here. There's something that happens when you combine the older generation of saints with the younger generation. There's some power that begins to manifest itself when you have the elders begin to dance, begin to shout, begin to praise. But then all of a sudden, here comes little Adriana, here comes little Alma, and she's giving it her best. There's power in unity in the church between generations. So to move on, they're singing, they're shouting, their hands are raised. 
saying, Jesus, we know that you just did a miracle, so you can show up at any time. They're locked up. And they begin to pray, the Bible says. They begin to sing praises unto God, the Bible says. And all of a sudden, something began to shift in the atmosphere. Something began to be broken up in the atmosphere because the Bible says there was an earthquake. And it shook the prison. And all of a sudden, all those prisoners that were in that prison, the doors come flying open. And here come the prisoners walking out. All because somebody sang a little song. All because somebody said a little prayer. I wonder if in this house tonight, if for one more time, I know you've prayed it every day. I know you've prayed it every night. But one more time, I wish you would praise him like you know that God's going to send a jailbreak. I wish you would praise him like God's going to send a divine jailbreak at the palace of praise. I'm not going to stop singing. I'm not going to stop praying. I've made up my mind. I'm going to praise him till they come I'll worship till they come I'm going to be praising till they come that's it somebody lift your hands claim it right now Right now in the name of Jesus, I prophesy they're going to come back. I claim it in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus. God, show up. Let there be a divine jailbreak like the palace of praise has never before witnessed. chapter 5 we have the story of a possessed man and all of a sudden we have a story of where Jesus was teaching on the boat and his disciples were there and all of a sudden he tells his disciples hey we're done for today let's launch over to the other side let's go to the other side I believe that's where the palace of praise is we're about to go to the other side we're about to go to greater dimensions. We're about to go to deeper depths. Jesus said, launch over to the other side. And all of a sudden we have the story of here, there is a possessed, demon-possessed man on the other side. All of a sudden he comes running out when Jesus gets on the shore. What did I say before? I feel like a broken record. There's never going to be any territory that's gained without the enemy showing his face. All of a sudden, here comes this demon-possessed man. He begins to worship Jesus. He begins to worship Jesus. What's wrong with that? There was something wrong about his spirit. He began to worship Jesus. And all of a sudden, this communication, this conversation between Jesus and this spirit, this legion of devils begins to happen. He calls him the Son of God. Now at this time, his disciples didn't really grasp who he was. But the Spirit, this legion of devils, knew who he was. Can I just tell you that the enemy knows your potential. 
the enemy knows exactly what you can become. And he's willing to fight at you with everything that he has. But I know somebody by the name of Jesus that's able to show up. All of a sudden, here's this story of a demon-possessed man. We find him on the shore. And all of a sudden, he's scraped himself. He's cut himself. He's abused himself. He's done everything he can to ruin his future. And all of a sudden, Jesus, within a couple seconds, says, I want you to get out of him right now. And all of a sudden, this man with no hope, no hope of a tomorrow, his future was shattered apart. Everything that he had hoped for was now gone. But all of a sudden, a man by the name of Jesus showed up. And he said, get out of him right now. I don't care what kind of thing is going on in your family. What kind of spirit has gotten a hold of your family? How far they walked away? What they're addicted to? What they're involved with? But I know that we're going to the other side. And I would bet to you something is about to happen. Some demons are about to be cast out in the name of Jesus. Some homes are going to be restored in the name of Jesus. I am persuaded that miracles are about to happen in the name of Jesus. The enemy has convinced you that they have no future. They have no hope. They have no tomorrow. But I've come by the authority of the word of God to prophesy they are coming back and there is hope for their future. If, if you believe that, can you lift your hands and claim it over your lost loved ones right now, over your family, that the enemy has done everything it could. I want you to prophesy right now. Lift your voice. Declare it over your family right now in the name of Jesus. It's coming. It's coming to pass. What you thought was impossible, I know somebody that's able to do the impossible. We have the story, there's, there's so many, so many stories in the Bible related to breakthrough, related to jailbreaks, related to a release. But I believe the story of Jonah is a great story about a jailbreak. He was called by God to save a city, but he said, I can't do it. It's too intimidating for me. How many times has God knocked on our door and said, I want you to speak to them about me. I want you to talk to them about me and what he's done, what I've done in your life. And we've said, oh, no, God, they're, they're, they look way too cool. Their style is way too awesome. They just, oh, my, I, I can't measure up. I, I, I'm not able to articulate the, 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 the words. I, I, I just don't have the... The, the, I can't sing, I don't have any, I can't play the piano, I, I don't know what to do. I, how many times have we fallen short where God said, I want you to speak to them. I want you to go and witness to them about how great I am. So here we have the story of Jonah. And this is where it gets interesting. He thinks that he can run, run away from the presence of God. The Bible says, even if I make my bed in hell, his presence is still going to be there. There's nowhere that you can run from the presence of God. I don't care 
Here I go back at it again. I don't care how far they've gone away. I don't care how far they've walked away from God. God is still able to minister to them. So here's this story of Jonah. He's doing his best. He pays a fare. He, he's on his way. He's out of town. He's on his way to Tarshish. He says, I've got it figured out. God's not going to catch me. So here he is, and all of a sudden, something begins to happen in the atmosphere. A storm comes. Some storms begin to hit the boat. And all of a sudden, Jonah's escape plan started to become into a nightmare. And Jonah now is being thrown overboard into the ocean. And all of a sudden, right when he hits the water, everything is sunny. There's no more rain. There's no more waves. Everything's peace and quiet. And all of a sudden, here comes this huge fish. And he just swallows up Jonah. Now, I'm sure if I was the guys in the, in the boat, I was like, something, some, this has to be some kind of God thing. This, this isn't anything like we've seen before. Something's mighty fishy about this. No time for puns. Something's mighty fishy about this. So all of a sudden, Jonah is now on his destination to the place that he didn't want to go. And he ends up being vomited up on the shores of Nineveh. On the shores of Nineveh. Because he's ready to, ready to conquer some territory. He's ready to, ready to conquer some territory. And so here he is being vomited up by a fish. Now, I've, I've thought about this story many times. And I feel really stupid. Because I should have known that the fish had some correlation with the city. There was, some, there was something that was taking place. God didn't make an accident just by choosing a fish. He chose the fish for a purpose. Did you know that the God of the Ninevites was a fish God? Did you know that the God that the Ninevites served was a fish? So all of a sudden when I'm looking at this story, I see the God of the Ninevites vomiting up a prophet of God. And I think to myself, God, what are you, what is this about? And I felt like God spoke to me and said, I can use other people's gods as puppets to speak to people I want to get a hold of. Those things that people have set up in their lives, careers, ambitions, passions, dreams that people have invested into, people that have walked away from God, have poured their time, have poured their money, had poured their energy into, and God's able to take that God that they've set up before them and shake it around and say, I'm the God, I'm the God and I have a message for you, repent, repent, repent. And that's what Jonah did. He walked up to the king of Nineveh and he said, you have to repent. He had a divine word from God. He had a word for his day. You have to repent. And the Bible says that the whole city repented. The king came off of his throne and he laid himself on the floor and he, he said, God, forgive me of everything that I've done. 
I'm here to tell you tonight that God can reach anybody that's walked away from Him. No matter how far they've walked away from Him, my God can show up and use whatever they put their time, their money into to speak to their life. My God is that great. My God is that powerful. In Esther, in Esther, we have the story of a woman who was satisfied being in the palace. This woman had everything that she wanted. She had all the servants she wanted. She had everything. She had all the, she had all the I don't, uh, Taco Bell that you would desire. She, anything that you, Grubhub just came to her door. There was no, it was just provided with her within an instant. But she, all of a sudden, Mordecai says to her, you know, your people are about to be demolished. Your people are about to be killed. And here you are inside the palace, satisfied with where you are. And all of a sudden, Mordecai says something that is so significant. He said, if you don't do it, God will raise up somebody that will. The palace of praise doesn't have to be a part of the revival. God can use other churches. God can use other preachers. God can use whoever he wants to use. But I made in my mind since I was a boy, I've heard of a revival that was coming. And now that we're on the precipice of the greatest revival, I've made up my mind. I want to be here when it happens. I want to be worshiping when they come in the door. I want to be lifting my voice and saying, God, I didn't give up. I stayed to your promise. I didn't give up. I kept praying. I kept singing. I kept dancing. I kept interceding because I never gave up. God can send deliverance any way he wants to send it. There's a story of in Luke chapter 5 where Peter catches a lot of fish. In this story, Jesus says, I want you to launch out and cast out your net. And then Peter spoke back and said, I've been doing this all night, and I haven't caught anything. I haven't caught anything. But Jesus says, I want you to cast out your net one more time and see if something will happen. So, G so Peter throws out the net. Jesus said, throw out the nets. But Peter just threw out the net. I don't know about you, but whenever God speaks, you got to make sure you get it right. Because he could have retired a wealthy fisherman if he would have thrown out the nets. Here, Peter throws out the net. And the Bible says the, the catch was so strong that it began to sink the ship. So Peter waves over and says, hey guys, there's other little ships around. He said, hey guys, come over here. We need some help catching all these fish. And all of a sudden, it wasn't just one boat that was affected by Jesus' command. It was other neighboring boats. 
Now, you may, you may consider me a quack. You may think, man, he's young and dumb. That's all right. But this is how I look at it. When I see that there were neighboring ships, neighboring boats, and he had to share the fish with them, I'm thinking to myself, God can send a revival to the palace of praise that could pack out this house to such an extent where we, pastor has to call up Brother Brock and say, hey, Brother Brock, we have, we have 600 people here, and we can only fit 500. Can, you take, can, can we send them over there for service today? Because there's not enough seats here for everybody. You can go ahead and consider me a quack, but I'm just going to prophesy to you, the day's coming. So any doubt that you may have, I just want to say there's the door. I don't know if I have the authority to say that or not. But I'm just, I'm so full of faith. I'm telling hell, come at us. Give us your best guns. Throw whatever you can at us because I believe there's a revival coming at the Palace of Praise. It's not going to be because of one person. It's going to be because of all of us pitching in. We're going to pull up the net and we're going to gather fish because we're going to have a jailbreak. Yes. We're going to have a jailbreak. Get ready, hell, because we're going to have a jailbreak. Last but not least, Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. This story has fascinated me. I think of the prodigal son. The father gives him everything. He gives him all of his inheritance that he asked for. And he goes out and he wastes it. And all of a sudden, one day he wakes up and he says to himself, man, I'm in a pig's pen. I've wasted everything I have. I have no friends. And he thought to me himself, he said, man, it was so much better at the father's house. There was so much joy at the father's house. There was so much peace at the father's house. Servants were fed. They were provided for at my father's house. I believe that's the thought that's going through a lot of people that have walked away from truth in their mind. I just feel it. I feel like God's speaking to them. He's opening up their eyes and saying, they're saying within themselves, it was so much better at the father's house. So here's this prodigal son. He's in this pig. His closest friend is called Piggly Wiggly, and he has no hope. And so, all of a sudden, he starts making his way back to the father's house. Kind of like the walk of shame. With every step, he said, man, what are they going to say? You know, I've wasted everything I have. I, have. I really have no future. And with every step, he's, God, man, I, I shouldn't have wasted. I shouldn't have walked away. I shouldn't have given in. I, I shouldn't have given in to the snares of the enemy. I shouldn't have walked away from truth. And all of a sudden, his father sees him afar off. And the Bible says the father starts running towards the son. And he embraces him and he kisses him. He puts his ring on him and he says, come to my house, we're going to have a feast. Let me just tell you that you're never more like Jesus than when a backslider comes into the house of God and you run to them 
and you tell them, I love you. I appreciate you. I've been praying for you. I've been fasting for you. And this isn't by accident. The day is coming where that will happen. I'm just letting you know, one day it will come. What will our reaction be like? Will we run to them and say, I love you. Let me do whatever I have to to help you. I want to help you in your relationship with God. If you want to ride to church, I'll give you a ride. If you want me to fast for you, I'll fast for you. If you want me to pray seven days, 24 hours a day, I'm going to do whatever I have to do because I love you. We're never more like Jesus than when we embrace one who has fallen away from truth. But all of a sudden, there's the eldest son in the field. And he hears the celebration. He hears the praise in the house of his father. And he gets angry. He says, I've kept the commandments of my father. I've done everything that I could to keep the commandments of my father. I've stayed true to my father. And here he is throwing a party for my younger son who just returned. Can I just warn the palace of praise that we cannot allow the spirit of the elder brother to come into the palace of praise? We cannot afford it. That's going to kill the revival that's going to happen here at the palace of praise. We cannot have that elder son spirit where it says, I've done better than you. I deserve. Let me just tell you something. When the backsliders come back, I believe that they're going to be praise singers. I believe that they're going to be some of the greatest preachers that we have ever had at the palace of praise. And what is that spirit going to do that rises up and says, oh, I deserve that position. I deserve that title. I deserve this because I've been here longer. We need to embrace We have to embrace. We cannot afford not to embrace every single soul that comes in here. And they say, I'm looking for Jesus. I've got to have Jesus. I don't know in my life, but it's falling apart. I've got to have Jesus. We have to lift them up. We have to embrace them. We have to love on them. We have to pray for them. Right now, can you lift your hands if you believe? Right now, if you are without a shadow of a doubt, if you believe that there is going to be a jailbreak at the Palace of Praise, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to prophesy it right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we come against every spirit of the enemy, every demon of hell that's latched on to souls that have walked away. And we declare a jailbreak at the palace of praise like never before. We claim it. We prophesy it. We declare it in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, we want to see it. Uh, we have to see it.
in the name of Jesus. It's going to happen. It's going to happen here at the Palace of Praise. Whether there's five of us, whether there's ten of us, whether there's fifty of us, it's going to happen because we believe uh, in the Word of God. uh, And He said, in the last days, uh, I will pour out uh, my Spirit uh, upon all flesh. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is a message that I debated, and again, I'm going to get in trouble, but I just feel like saying this. This is a message from our pastor. He had texted me and asked me to preach tonight, and I know that he is sick. And this is the message that he sent me. He said, God is in control. We seem to be having a break spiritually. The enemy will fight us at every turn. But God, but God is able. That's a word from our pastor. And I know, I know, I wish he was up in this pulpit tearing it up like he usually does. But I believe something is shifting in the atmosphere. Something's happening at the Palace of Praise. You can just feel it. Something's shifting. There's a divine move of God. Come on, somebody. God is able. God is able. God is... I want you to speak those simple words right now. God is able. Right now, I want you to look at the enemy right now close your eyes lift your hands and say with me God is able he will send a jailbreak at the palace of praise he will send an outpouring at the palace of praise God is able Come on, open your mouth right now, speak in tongues. 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 Right now, let the enemy hear your voice. You've not silenced us. You've not shut us up. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. God's going to move in our families. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now, as an act of faith, right now, if you need God, if you know that there's no other way that it can happen, if you're convinced that only a God thing is going to be able to resolve it, I want you to come to the front right now. I believe in the Holy Ghost right now that before the night's over, 
you're going to have a word from God. God's going to speak into your spirit right now and give you a promise like he never has before. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to close your eyes. Don't worry about anybody else. Just you and Jesus. Right now, I'm going to speak a word of faith. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of the word of God, and by the power of the name of Jesus, we claim it. Let there be a jailbreak. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on, somebody. You need to believe it. You need to believe it. Come on. It's going to happen. There's about to be a divine release of God's power and His glory. That's it. I want you to do like Ezekiel did. He prophesied to the wind. He said, let these bones live. Prophesy, prophesy to the wind and see if God won't show up. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. Oh, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name. There's power in the name of Jesus To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain 